0: For example, in my current church, uh, we are taking our first to fifth graders through a a several-week series on other faith traditions. They're studying Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, and that was nowhere on the radar for me as a child. Other than that, if we even heard those words, they were framed as completely wrong, we need to save them, or they're going to hell, or they're just plain other. But I think it's much healthier to allow kids to see the beauty of other faith traditions and to not see them as enemy or anathema and i wonder what impact that will have on them as they grow Welcome to episode 106 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the reverends Shannon Meacham, Ogenholder, Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand.
1: Theology Live is happy to sponsor Vote Common Good Tour, which is a rolling caravan of preachers, authors, musicians, and do-gooders who are inviting people of faith to move from fear to faith. And consider how their vote might be used in service of the common good. Check out their tour schedule at votecommongood.com and maybe they'll be rolling into a city near you.
2: You can join our conversation on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the social medias using the hashtag PTLive. Follow at PubTheology on those platforms and check out video clips from the show on IGTV. And you can watch the entire episode plus bonus material, pre-show, post-show, all that good stuff on YouTube. Get the extra content there.
0: You can also leave us a voicemail at 980-PT-LIVE-0 or 980-785-4830, or you can send us your question or thoughts about the show to info at hubtheology.com. So today, are you more comfortable with the familiar and the known, or do you have a proclivity to explore the unknown? Some say that uh, the greatest people in history were ones who were able to venture out into new areas and not let safety guide them, and they braved the unknown. So how does this apply to uh, our own lives? Is this personality-related, something else? How does it apply to your beliefs and to society as a whole? We will explore. So what are we drinking today, friends?
2: Um, I am... I discovered... in. It- be sponsored by craft beer seller a while back Mm -hmm. and uh so i i found some new locations near me and i'm experimenting Mm. with uh lefty's brewing company honey brown ale i thought that looked nice for the season it is from where is this where is this brewery deerfield mass south deerfield massachusetts so i'm going i'm going local that's where the honey comes from nice sorry Mm-hmm. Um and the brewing company is in greenfield mass Lefties brewing honey brown ale that's what i got very good great
1: i am drinking an oliver brewing company which is a local brew um called i wish i was in munich an oktoberfest lager nice it's got a picture of a guy sorry
2: did you say oh <laughs> I thought you said you wish you were a eunuch. I was like, that's <laughs> no, a weird. I wish year. I
1: was in Munich. In Munich,
2: not a eunuch. Okay, October I had to be to that up.
1: Best lager. little jerk. I, I genuinely highly recommend this. If you like an Oktoberfest with a lot of flavor, that's not pumpkin beer. Like it's this is a very good flavorful beer.
0: Excellent and i am also drinking something local uh local to Ogan, that is uh a greenhead ipa from newbury port brewing company a whoa a (laughs) happy and heady pour apparently
1: we're all drinking cans today that's unusual
2: yeah um i highly support newbury port brewing company i'm not you know you know me in ipas i know it i know it so in the
0: pre-show uh Brian uh, recalled that today is the 10th anniversary of me doing pub theology gatherings to the
1: day To the day and how do I know that
0: how can I remember with such clarity and precision that it was 10 years ago today that I had my first pub theology because it was also the day my youngest child my daughter was born so easy to remember
2: Happy birthday to Josephine.
1: Happy birthday, Uh Josephine. And yes, listeners, we gave Brian lots of crap for holding a pub theology on the day of his daughter's birth. In case you were curious, we have it well covered. But if you, too, would like to give Brian crap about that, please tweet him at pubtheologian, hashtag live.
2: And all the questions you're probably thinking right now, we asked them in the pre-show. So for those of you who are just listening to the audio, uh, head over to YouTube and <laughs> see us grill him.
1: There were so his- many questions.
2: <laughs> we haven't even asked them all yet. <laughs> no,
1: there will be more.
2: <laughs> Grilled mercilessly.
1: <laughs> mm.
2: I still got more.
1: I still need to pull Christy into this conversation, though.
2: And, and I got to say, Brian, the more I know you, the better Christy looks. That's all <laughs> I got. <say. laughs> also, not wrong. <laughs>
0: All right. Oh, so we have a very fun opening question.
1: I I seriously, where you come up with these things. I
0: the question is what would be the <laughs> coolest animal to scale up to the size of a horse?
2: So, so you just asked where he comes up with these questions. I, I, I want to say it's probably the fact that he's got four kids and, and because like I can't some
1: kid I, asked him one day, like, yeah,
2: like, yeah. one of his kids must have been talking or mentioned... I can't imagine he just came up with this on the fly. Did you come up with this just, like, on the... You're just sitting there thinking, huh.
1: See, I think he's got, like, one of those books that sits, like, in the toilet that you, like, you know, the, like, worst questions in the world kind of thing. <laughs> worst question. Look
0: at where this goes immediately. Worst questions in the world. Uh, well,
1: the dumbest th- questions ever asked. The bathroom book.
0: <laughs> fair <laughs> That's fair, actually. By that's Brian very, <laughs> That's very fair. <laughs> um well the sources for these questions are many and
2: nameless so you know. uh-huh.
1: yeah mm-hmm. pulls them um. right out of his ass
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's in the bathroom after all exactly. um, wow. so not the
0: size of a horse most questions
2: so uh so i got two i got two answers for be a man about
1: a dog though i got i got i got <laughs> two
2: answers. i got two answers one um and and a follow-up thing if we if we can like, like, you, like, ride these animals like we would a horse. Yes. Okay, my first, my first animal is a hummingbird. Oh,
1: okay. yeah, bird
2: happens to be Whoa. my happens to be my spirit animal. But can you imagine throwing a saddle on a hummingbird and That'd flying awesome. one of these things?
1: That would be and awesome and terrifying
2: and fast. Yeah, hummingbird
1: beak thing. That'd be Ooh.
2: awesome. That'd be awesome. And the second animal would be like. Like an ant, an ant, if you mm. can if you oh. can harness the ant like to, honey,
1: I shrunk the kids kind of thing. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and really able to harness that proportional strength that the ant has and use mm. it for your own Wow, you uh,
1: really population. thought about this. He did. Uh, oh. He, did. he I, did. I went in a direction which is like what are super cute animals that if they just got really gigantic, then they would get like even like and not scary, but like so right. the first thing I thought of was like a lemur. Like Ooh. with their like giant eyes, like if they were the size of a horse, like how is that not be...
2: how is that not terrifying? That was because they're adorable. <laughs> <That would've> been...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was really loud. Uh, <laughs> and then the other was because um, it's one of my favorite like animals is a red panda. If it was the size of like a real panda, oh yeah, you know, like a giant panda. So Those like a red panda the size of a horse. I like I would want to ride that. Like that would be my personal little pet. Like I would have a red panda.
0: Oh, those those are cute. What do you got, Brian? So what about a, uh, speaking of cute, what about a koala bear?
1: I thought about a koala bear.
0: Be cute, right?
1: Yeah, but the cuteness is like that you get to hold them.
0: Okay, what about a cat?
1: (laughs) So I did think about a dog because they're like really big dogs.
2: Yeah, but then they'll try to lick you and then, yeah, all that slobber. On the dog? Not on you, if the dog tries to lick you, the well, size. of a
1: cat? Anymore. Like a cat. Have... Can you
0: imagine a horse-sized cat purring?
1: Ugh, that would like shake the whole house. That'd be
2: awesome. Yeah, and It'd then be like a to...
1: like a jackhammer. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> they try to jump on a mouse and like take a wall out. Now, that's that they true. If they... Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, some they, like,
1: they push the house over and push the house
2: over. Like... Some responses from uh from Facebook. Um, Sarah said a cat, uh, Tim said a pony, and then <laughs> laughed about it. I, why would anyway? I
1: mean, a horse is a horse, of course.
2: A of course, pony. um, uh, Ian horse. says a cockroach. That would, yeah, no, that, no. I'm sorry, <laughs> that. nope. All nope. answers are acceptable, but no. Um, and Michael said an anteater, an oh. anteater.
1: Yeah. I actually thought about an anteater because again, super cute, and it could like suck up things that were like, like it could get rid of all the rats in Baltimore and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, but you know what's gonna happen is that it it will be happy to see you and. Again, stick that tongue out and try to <laughs> lick you, and then it will just like knock you out. Ogun have has, you ever seen an ant ear's saliva
1: tongue? issues. I think. No, yes. I have animals yeah. licking me. Issues.
2: I have animals licking me issues. I don't like animals to lick me. That's
1: we weird. had this terrible for our first dog. We read in some book that like in order to get puppies not to bite you, you put like a tiny little bit of butter on their hands so they would like lick you instead. And then she be like became a licker, and I was like, well, that was great, completely inevitable. <laughs>
2: Hey, if I put butter in my hand, I'm licking my hand. That's, <laughs> that's not going to end well.
1: A little cinnamon sugar.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: A little apple butter. Wow. Mm, apple butter. All right.
0: All right. So. Uh, that was
1: fun. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of fun.
0: It was kind of fun. And uh, you can tweet your answers. Okay. Not
1: worst questions. Weirdest questions. A Bathroom Book by Brian Burkhoff. There you go. You're welcome.
0: Exactly. Kids, uh, if I can talk, uh, questions you wish your kids had asked you. All right. On a scale of one to 10, how open are you to new experiences? Do you prefer to stay with the known and familiar, or do you tend to want to venture out into the unknown and the unfamiliar?
1: Yes. (laughs)
2: okay perfect perfect answer um <laughs> i'm kind of with that too uh, on a scale of one to ten um i'd say anywhere from like a six to a nine you see uh to you know to
1: on, all right
0: what? so you lean towards so the scale is around new experiences uh yes
1: so I, 10 I, I, is all in for every new is, experience ever yes
2: right and um, one
1: is no i'm gonna stay at home and never do anything ever
2: well,
0: or I'll just stick to or my familiar routine. Yeah.
1: My routine and my, right. yeah. Okay. Got it. And my favorite flavors,
0: um, my favorite vacation spot, I'm, whatever.
2: I'm all for, I'm all for, for newness. I, I, I like the feeling and the adrenaline and the endorphins of, of, of new. Um, and sometimes it's, new stuff is also very exhausting and i just want a nap um because there's a lot of energy that has to go into to adjust into the new finding the new uh, integrating the new into what already exists it's 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 exhausting sometimes it's it, it can be worth it so like when i'm just in a mood of like you know i don't feel like spending a lot of energy that's when it dropped down to like a six i'll just google it and see what other people say about it but then you know i'm like i'm i'm good
0: yeah, and we can get into the specifics of in what areas do you maybe tend to try new things and what areas do you tend to do familiar? Because it depends on the context, but Shannon, that's fire true. Away.
2: When it comes to familiar, oh, it's ice cream. Yeah. Like nine right. times out of 10, if I go to a place to get ice cream, I'm getting vanilla.
0: Really? Okay, sorry. That yeah. just puts you at a minus one on that. I was
1: going to say, I yeah. think What's that's wrong? worse than Brian's leaving no. his daughter's birth for. Oh, the wow.
2: Really? <laughs> Woo hate vanilla that much do you a, <laughs>
1: like i, I vanilla. like vanilla ice cream but that is like to 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 nine times out of ten go now i will say this if you're trying like if people can do vanilla well then they do ice cream well so yes. that's like what that's you're
2: true doing, that is right? the standard that is okay. the standard and so if
1: you're like trying out an ice cream place and you're like i'm gonna try your vanilla because yes. if you do that well then you will do ice cream well
2: that is a base flavor. Plus, there are also a lot of nuances to the flavor of vanilla, depending on how the person does it. So, you know, it's like it's I like take it back w- then
1: Brian's yeah. worse.
2: Thank yeah.
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> back in the doghouse. <laughs> All right. So we've heard Ogan's so, vanilla answer, uh, Shannon.
1: So I am a creature of habit. I really am. I love routine. Yeah. I go to the restaurant and I order the same things because I know that I like them and I yeah. know that they're good. Um, but when it comes to something like say beer, like I try everything ever, like I'm all about trying all the things, but beyond like taste and stuff, you know, we were like in, we were talking a little bit about like faith and a new, somebody challenging a new idea and am I willing to adventure to think a new thought or am I willing to, I mean, when I think this question, I think more like travel or Something like that, like yeah. So let's
0: keep it in that realm and then get to the yeah. ideas thing in a minute. So what about like travel or vacation? Like, what are you so? What are you to do there? Um,
1: I actually really enjoy being in cultures that I don't know anything about, yeah. and even barely speak the language because I love. So the first time I ever went to Cuba, I have a I have an elementary grade Spanish, so and and people speak so quick. Words I recognize, I have no idea what they're saying or what's going on. And so I rely on, I'm a very, um, I'm, a, I'm a high intuitive person. So I rely on body language and phrasings, even if it's a different way. I rely on um, instinct and and I get to, I get to rely on all these other parts of myself and like dive in and enjoy myself. I have had full conversations with somebody who they didn't understand a word of what I was saying and I didn't understand a word of what they were saying in terms of language, but we absolutely understood each other.
0: And communicated.
1: Yes. And I I love that kind of thing. Absolutely.
0: Very cool. Well that, you know, that that's interesting. And and I think a lot of people who, as you said, love routine are gonna be people who say, I've got a favorite vacation spot and that's where we always go.
1: No. I mean, I will just cause I know it. You know, like I'll if I'm returning to... So I'll return to the beach every year on my birthday because it's close and it's convenient and we just go and for a weekend. And it's the beach. And, yeah. you know, and it's three hours away and blah, blah, blah. But when I move, if I move 10 hours away, I'm not going to go to that beach. I'm going to find, <laughs> right. you know, somewhere else that's more convenient and closer. And I'm going to stay at the hotel because it's tried and it's good. Yeah. it's That's not an unwillingness to be adventurous. That's just a... Um yeah. I think there's a bounce. That's why there's I said a
0: practicality that. and a familiarity. Right. Yep. So
1: experience tells me this meets my standards, this yep. is in my price range, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Understood. Now are you sure when you were talking with the person who didn't you didn't understand their language and they didn't understand yours that are you clear, y'all understood? Or did you like inadvertently like sell your child when they become seventeen? Like how do you know what you really did? <laughs>
0: exactly. Maybe. Um, There was a wink and a handshake at the end.
1: (laughs) There there is an emotional and spiritual connection that is made and that you know in your bones. Like that is not something like people can say it was so great to meet you and you can understand those words and people can say it is my privilege absolutely to know you and my life is better to have met you. Right without saying a word
2: Mm. and then, and then, you know, when we speak of this and this is always the issue is we, you know, we all, we might have people who we speak the same language with and we still don't understand them because of our, you know, attachment and context of certain words and certain words are triggers for us. And you know, when you say one thing, I hear something totally different. Right. And then next thing, you know, I bought your child again, even though we speak the same language,
1: or something like that, <laughs> or
2: something like that, yeah, or
1: yeah. or we end up offending each other. We don't necessarily exactly. have to sell children into slavery. In the well,
2: place. hey, that offends me. <laughs> so there you go.
1: So yeah, so I I don't know. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm forward to. I have a year. I have a 2019 um, upcoming of a lots of new adventures. Oh yeah. Um, So here's, well, so let me, so so as I look forward to 2019, I have three very specific, well, four trips planned. So one is to the beach for my birthday. Regular trip, we go there every year. We hit a mix of the same restaurants and different restaurants and the same hotel and blah, blah, blah. Um, The second is to Greece, and I am very much looking forward to that. I speak not one word, although I did download um Duolingo's Greek app today and I'm going to start doing and that. You'll
0: watch my big fat Greek wedding a couple of times. I,
1: a couple of times, you know, like whatever. You know, I but I will be completely a stranger in a strange land. 100%. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Um with help, like I will have people that speak language um, as our tour guide and whatever. The third is we are taking the family it's a secret. Um, we're taking the family on a Disney cruise. Ooh. I know oh. that one is my least, like I'm least excited about. Not for the kids or the adventure, but because I, um, ever, like, and I'm actually looking forward to everything being done. But it's the whole cruise ship thing. I'm not so sure. Like, so that's where you get a little. I'm all for adventure. I'll go to Greece and not know anybody. I'm on a boat for five days. Like, that's where my like adventure like. That starts to feel weird, right? And not just
2: the not just a boat, a Disney boat. So you Disney know, boat. you know, all your senses are going to be assaulted all the time.
1: Exactly. So like that, that's more of where my nervousness comes in with that. And then the last, we're going to the Newport Jazz Festival. I've never been to Newport, Rhode Island. Um, I've been to several jazz festivals, nice. but not one this big, Sweet. and on this scale. And and so again, th- there. But there's nothing for. But excitement,
0: and there it's scaled up to the size of a horse.
2: That jazz
1: festival. that is, that is a jazz festival on the size of a horse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be a sabbatical year. That all it is sounds a sabbatical. Ex- exhausting. Like seriously, no, okay. tired already.
1: You no. guys, that is five. That is five oh weeks of 16. 16 still, weeks sabbatical.
2: Sounds weeks. awesome.
1: I know, right? And the rest of the time, I get to build stuff around my house, which I'm super psyched about.
0: So okay. I will say. No, I can't uh, say still. <laughs> there are some things where I'm a creature of habit and like familiar also. And there are some things where I like to try something new, totally agree on the beer. Like if I'm out on a, at a, at a bar or a pub, uh, like for our weekly pub theology gathering, I'm almost always trying something new just cause it's fun and interesting. And I like to try to expand my beer palette and see what different breweries are doing. And, and that's just fun. Um, but you know, there's a, a minimal uh so it's the uh, you know there's a tiny unknown but a minimal cost like it's still beer you know you know like i might not might not be my favorite but it's not the same as going to a culture where i don't speak the language and there's a bigger cost to if if i don't like how that goes you know what i mean um but i but i too enjoy different cultures different places when we take vacations we tend to nearly always do something different than we've done before um And we don't plan out the trip, which may not be wise, but (laughs) Um, I'm not sure if that's because we like spontaneity and serendipity or because we're just a little lazy. You know, it's probably a little both. Um, But I do enjoy new things that way. And, you know, if I'm like, since, you know, as a new church pastor, we don't have a church building, I don't have a church office. So I'm often looking for different places to work, like different coffee shops. I don't always want to go to the same spot. I sometimes think, I feel like I've tapped out the energy of that place. I want to try something new and just get a different sense of what the vibe is in that place and and I like doing that um, so that
2: actually leads me to a follow up yeah. question I was just about to ask, which is then you know on the flip side, how quickly do we get bored with a thing? Mm-hmm. like how quickly do we want to move on, and is that a good thing because and and the reason I ask this is because so um in, in I think a lot of churches and denominations go through this, but but in unity and new thought, faith traditions like unity is it's almost like a badge of pride to be like what you call going through the revolving door as in, uh, you know people will come in, sample for a little bit, yeah, and then go on to the next thing. you know, church hopping, church hopping becomes like a career for some people. And then they say they belong to like seven or eight churches, and yeah. and for me it's like, I you know I always say I, not that there's anything inherently wrong with that, but you're doing yourself a disservice because one, you're not getting the chance to really invest in the community, connect with community, and two, even if you're doing like belief hopping, you know you're Buddhist today, you're you're, you're Hindu next month, whatever. That you never give yourself the opportunity to dive in to get the deeper wisdom of any one faith. So for me, sometimes the interfaith and uh, eclecticness can 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 work against you.
0: It could be a a a surfacey thing rather than getting more of the right. And and not just different faiths, but even just different communities of faith in the same tradition. You don't allow depth of relationship and depth of personal um accountability and and connection and and relationship. And so I thought you were actually going to talk not about parishioners going to different churches but pastors going to different churches because I think that can be a thing too where you know I've I've seen clergy who oh I've been here for 3 4 years I'm ready for something new and I you look I get that because after 4 years of preaching to the same people every week you know it gets challenging, you know, it's challenging to continue to push yourself and push them and not feel and feel like there's new things to say to this community that you've been in relationship with for that amount of time. And so, I, you know, I don't begrudge anyone. You have to know what you can do and, and all of that. And I think there's no easy answer to how long should a pastor be in any one given setting because there's a lot of factors there. I've seen some do 30 years in one place and it's great. I've seen others do 30 years in one place and people wish he left 20 years ago. Right. You know,
1: let me, let me ask you this. When you are attending a different, not just church, but like a different denomination, something outside, do you have a tendency to wish that for the familiar or do you have a tendency to like enjoy Mm. the difference?
2: Good question. Well, I, if I don't got to be at my church on Sunday, I don't go to anybody else. Well, right. But I like we take the day
1: Things like Thanksgiving ecumenical. This services pillow
2: is so familiar.
1: Because right?
2: <laughs> or... I can't. Because because I can't. And and it's not because I want to sleep longer. That is a major part of it. But I can't walk into a church and not take off my my minister uh, pastor hat. Absolutely. You know, and taking mental notes and all. Like it becomes a stressor.
1: But you go to a funeral. Right. And somebody, it's a different denomination or it's something right. else. And you're sitting there and, and even though you can't help but sit there and think I might've done this differently or wow, that was really good. I'm going to use that. Yeah, like, exactly. are, are you look at, like, do you sit there and go, Oh, I really, I'm really enjoy, I've got lost in like, I'm a lot la- like, I can get lost in this or can it be.
2: Um, so, That's a good question. And I think for me, because of the context you just named, usually the only reason I find myself in another church or denomination is because of an event like a funeral or a wedding or something like that. Or um, baptism. Right. And then for me, it's more about the emotional uh, environment of the people there so if it's at a wedding i'm just happy because you know i'm a hopeless happy romantic and people are falling in love and getting married and yeah an you open
1: bar at the end and, really, and all is good
2: right and you know all funeral <laughs> you know you know sadness and grief my own stuff's being triggered and it's a whole yeah. thing and so so then i don't even really register or bother about the other stuff although i will say <laughs> I, uh, a congress of mine recently lost her husband which is not the funny part but he he was a total different denomination from her Mm. and um, this was not a sudden death and he'd been in hospice for a little while. So he actually planned out his whole funeral service and Mm -hmm. there were these four ministers that he was really good friends with who he referred to as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. (laughs) And shortly before he passed away, one of those ministers passed away. So his mm-hmm. wife asked me to fill in for that minister. So I basically was writing shotgun for death as the fourth horseman of the apocalypse, which was, which was again fa- fascinating because while we could kind of all laugh and be humorous about it, I was kind of like, you know, from, from a theological perspective, I was just like, why, why, why are we, why are we making this a thing? Yeah. Uh, you know, so it it was a little weird in that way. But um but yes, I, I I I think if I'm gone too long from the familiarity and of of unity of my church, of my my mm-hmm. you know belief system, yeah, I do start to miss it. So like when I go home to Barbados for three weeks, right, and my mother's like, please come to go to church with me, and yeah. I say no, because one, I'm on vacation and I'm I so to walk into another church is work for me and two, you know I I think I'm so departed from from the theology um and I've come a long way to be not making her wrong about it I don't make her wrong about what she believes and what other people believe um even though she might be wrong but you don't oh she definitely is but I'm not I'm I'm not rubbing it in anymore (laughs) We, we used to have really bad arguments. You, about, have,
1: you have an agreement. <laughs>
2: right. We agree to disagree on it. <laughs> but, but... But yeah, so so. But I also know that I go to a church service when I go home. First of all, it's almost three hours long, and right. I know about a third to halfway through, especially when the preacher starts preaching, or you know that praise and worship has just like you know invite music has invited me to give my heart and soul to Jesus and praise Jesus and love Jesus and worship Jesus for like the upteenth time. Amen. And me, I'm just like you know what? I can't I I I just can't. So, yep. so I don't set myself up for it anymore just don't go
0: so um, wayne dyer says you can look at yourself with new eyes and open yourself up to experiences that you've never even considered as a part of your own human potential or you can do the same things the same way until you reach your coffin and i think he's there talking a little bit about um familiarity of i mean he's talking about a few things but familiarity of behavioral patterns or ways that you see yourself and that we can sort of get in the trap of I always am this in this situation or if people expect something from me, I'm going to, and especially negative self-thoughts like I always screw this up or I'm never quite good enough or I can only do this a certain way. And I think he's trying to say if we can allow ourselves to see ourselves from a new angle or a new perspective we might allow ourselves to to show up in the world a different way, a new way. And that s- the sort of familiarity of behavioral thought of behavior and behavior rooted in self thoughts, we can limit our ability to experience more of the world and more of ourselves.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's a really important point, especially when it comes to a long-term um, relationship with someone else. Right. Uh. So my best friend and I have been best friends for um, over 15 years, going on 20, right? And not quite, maybe 15. So, you know, we have very distinct patterns of our relationship and I play this role and she plays this role and et cetera, et cetera. And like, it's it's okay every once in a while for us to get out of that, which causes friction and actually causes a fight between us or a rift between us you know we go through stages where we talk every single day and in a lot of ways aren't just best friends but become each other's partners and like because from our spouse we're not getting what we need and and that has happened in the past and that's both a healthy and unhealthy dynamic right and then there's times where we don't talk for a while and then, you know, there's this, why aren't we talking, what's going on and, and having to work through that. Um, but, but breaking that, will you always, et cetera, et cetera. And will you never what, like fill in the blank. And, and I think those are really dangerous things in, in any relationship to without, right. Those are, that's, yeah. those are fighting words. Like, and when you start to believe that at your, about yourself, well, I just can't do anything right. You know, like that's, that's a problem when you start to believe that about yourself and that that's your role in this relationship right. is that you're the one that can't do anything right. <laughs> I mean, so it's our responsibility in ourselves to keep that part. I mean, whether or not we're talking about adventures and travel or food, that, that's not as important renewing yourself day by day as a as a person.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah. Nails it. <laughs> the bomb. Okay. You know,
1: like, <laughs> um, <so laughs> Ryan, Ryan and Nogan are like, I have let's, to
0: let's, right, let's wrap so the show
2: right up. Let's wrap the show up. We're done. That's all <laughs> she wrote.
0: Nailed it. That was so unfamiliar and unexpected that it just boom. It's taken right, so number- us a
2: while to process.
0: <laughs> sinking in. So how um, does a person's predilection to the familiar apply to one's spiritual life and theological beliefs? And I think this gets really interesting, right? Um, So you can ask, does a person feel more inclined to stick with what we've always believed or perhaps someone maybe has a pull to explore different beliefs, what, either within their faith tradition or explore other faith traditions or other philosophical views or, or what have you, and what role does certainty play in one's willingness to explore, entertain, think about other things when it comes to God and faith?
2: I think a lot of it depends on if you were told there's gonna to be consequences. Like if you explore something different than what we believe, here's the good thing that will happen or here's the bad thing that will happen. The temperature is like, going to go way up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Are you going to be encouraged to explore or discouraged from the exploration? So that's one aspect um, um, of it as well. Um, I believe, I believe then it's good to explore, but then it's going to cause you to question and struggle and, a lot of us don't want to struggle, you know, to your point of the question. A lot of us want the, I guess, the peace of certainty. Yeah. Um, and the, but, but for me, the struggle is a good thing. I, you know, I always say to people that doubt is actually, you know, a catalyst that could lead you to deeper faith because it asks the deeper questions. And then you get to a place of I'm clear about what I believe and um, what works for me. And then you still shouldn't stop questioning because I think when there's certainty, would um, then then it leads to complacency, and then it leads to atrophy, and then it just leads to you know you just you're just not engaged anymore. Yeah,
1: and I mean this is where I fall back on I rarely fall back on Paul, <laughs> you know, but the precursor to love is patient and love is kind is you know when i was a child i thought like a child i spoke like a child and when i became an adult i put an end to my childish ways right and and that's used for lots of other things but when it comes to faith it's a it's a in it's not only permission it's encouragement to go deeper to evolve to think and be other than you were yeah um and it's it's And, and so as you do that, as you become an adult in faith and whatever that means, whatever age that happens, you know, then think of it this way is, you know, the precursor to God as love is all of these things, patient, kind, forgiving, et cetera, et cetera. Uh,
2: And, and I'm not crazy about that phrase become an adult in faith because, um, even though as adults, we're still always growing and evolving adult implies that there's a certain like, you know, growth that's, that's been completed. And the truth is we're never, we're never done growing. I mean, you know, sure. From a physical perspective, after you get out of adolescence, you know, as an, your adult physicality kind of slows down, but, but we're, but if, if we're, if we're adulting well, we should always be making room for growing and expanding. And, um, and I think we should, again, also do that in our faith and many, many don't. And and this is not particular to any denomination or belief system. For sure. A lot of people, again, when they find the thing that really resonates and works well for them, it's very tempting to step into a place of, ah, I got it. And, and, and not, and not, to keep digging deeper. And
0: I I want to jump in real quick. Uh, There's, there's also the, the tension. I mean, I, I agree with Shannon that we're, we're invited to, to grow up or to grow in our faith and, you know, not stay at a level of immaturity and immaturity toward maturity does apply or does lend itself toward the idea of becoming more grown up. But then, you know, a couple of weeks ago in the lectionary, Jesus was, Um, in the Gospel of Mark, talking about how um, if um, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you have to become like a child, you know, and and that adults, we can actually learn unhelpful behaviors that we need to unlearn and remember some of the sort of um, innocence, naivete, openness to wonder that children have more naturally and that as adults, we kind of become hardened to so that, you know, the, the language is all limited. And of course, anyway, so just wanted to throw out the that text. But no, you're, you're, you're right. Balancing balancing. The, the, the childhood analogy or becoming like a child with the growing up and being an adult, yeah. both those things are true. And it kind of depends on how we're phrasing
1: them. So first, you know, quoting Paul here. So everything is up for grabs, but
2: <laughs> you switched on Paul real hard there.
1: <laughs> I do. I mean, I'm just, you know, I love and hate everything about him. So love you,
2: Paul, you blowhard.
1: You're, you're Right. Exactly. You suck. Anyway. So <laughs> I mean there's that I, I and i again i that's this is hard language because I guess for me what that meant specifically was to the the childlike faith to me in this context meant the spoon fed yeah. there are specific answers to every question that you have, right and you must believe this answer. And it is uncomplicated and, 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 and simplistic
0: um, in a, in a, yes in a not, not final form way or something. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right.
1: And there's, there is a formula to it. Right. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the, the, what I see as the adult faith here, the ma- more mature faith is question seeking, um, knowing let like knowing less than, you know, and believing more, like making your faith yeah. carry you of like, I don't know the answer, but here are the thing. here's the depths of things I believe. Yeah, right. Yeah. So a place of knowing to a place of believing, I, I, that's where I feel this language comes in. Um, I have to tell you, so two weeks ago I was at my grandmother's 95th birthday party and, um, all of my cousins, most of my cousins descended on, and my aunts and uncles. So my grandmother had six children, and then there are I think there are eleven grandchildren, and then all the people that married in, and now great grandchildren, and et cetera, et cetera.
2: And so, and would it be would it be fair to say you were really excited about going there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I I had mixed feelings. I was going alone, so there was some excitement about like hanging out with my family without children
2: but
1: um, but it's there's like 40 people in my extended family right okay. and we were all crammed into well we were sharing two houses and but i got to hang out with my cousins and i'm on the older end of my cousins right so it goes from 40 to 23 those like my cousins and mm-hmm. i'm on i'm on the 40 end so, um, you're on the hard anyway, edge, I, uh, right? Like I'm on, I'm, I'm on the cutting edge of that.
2: <laughs> you're on the fine wine edge.
1: So I was talking to my sister before we went and I was like, well, maybe we can let the adults go blah, 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 blah. And then I like stop myself and I'm like, oh my, I am an almost 40 year old woman with four children. And I still don't consider myself in this context, an adult so an adult is a very relative oh, we,
0: listen we have we have extended family christy's family they'll do stuff for the adults that does not include christy and i and siblings right. who are in our mid-40s right
1: exactly exactly so all of well, this for the record very... i'm
0: still early 40s uh,
1: for the record yes of course <laughs> and mean, for the I'm... record
2: and for the record i would i would rather not be included in these stuff for the adults <laughs> just right. going to put that out there. Right.
1: Well, that's what I was saying. I was like you can let the adults hang out at home and we the cousins can go out. Right. And exactly. like blah blah blah. And it I isn't. you know, so there is still that um I'm a, you know, I'm not quite 40 yet. Thank you very much. I have 18 more months. Not so that there's anything cat- wrong with being 40.
2: We we but. need two categories. We need like like the season or senior adults and like the junior adults.
1: But see, even then, they're celebrating their mother who's right. 95. So wow. like even to my 70-year-old father, <laughs> he's not the senior adult yet. He's
0: still in the child, I'm someone's he's child. He's still role. the
1: child, exactly. Right. So there's this level, there's all these levels. And 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 I say this simply because I think it lends itself so great to this example of like adulting in faith. Or yeah, for
0: sure. Faith. Love it. Right? Love
1: it. Like all of this is this weird, there's always gonna be someone ahead of us. There's like like until there's not, and there's always gonna be some us and blah blah so,
0: blah. So I wanna um explore think about how your faith is presented to you as a child and what impact that has on your ability to explore new ways of thinking or new faith traditions when you're older i was presented with a very concrete very we are sure 100 beyond a doubt that we have the correct faith and not only the correct faith the correct version of the correct faith and there was very little room for questions for other ways of seeing god um, within christianity let alone other religions which were clearly wrong and all going to hell and so it took a lot i think a lot of the holy spirit to to create cracks and um to break into that certainty in my own life for me to explore other things but for example in my current church uh, we are taking our first to fifth graders through a, a several week series on other faith traditions they're studying hinduism buddhism islam And that was nowhere on the radar for me as a child. Other than that, if we even heard those words, they were framed as completely wrong. We need to save them or they're going to hell or they're just plain other. But I think it's much healthier to allow kids to see the beauty of other faith traditions and to not see them as enemy or anathema. And I wonder what impact that will have on them as they grow. So thoughts?
2: Well, I would like to think that when, you know, they become the parents or teachers that they will, you know, pay it forward and encourage exploration as well. Not only that, as they get older and they have those moments of crisis of faith, as we all do as adults, you know, they they know they have options. Yeah. You know, right. it, it's, you know, all, all, all paths lead to God. Or as the Tao puts it, you know, the Tao you know speaks of the dao is like that 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 empty spoke in the center of the wheel and we have all these you know spokes other ways of getting to the center um and i think when when we when we paint something else as wrong even in an abstract form then we're setting up the we, we're setting up the us and them we're setting up division we're setting up opposition um and and we, we, we then we find ourselves as grown up as adults, like you know, being hateful toward Muslims and and creating policy that that affects immigrants, and you know, it it has effects down the road.
0: Yeah, and I would say in your example, uh, I think not every like personally, I I don't disagree with the sort of Tao idea that different spokes of the wheel di- are different faiths sort of leading to a potential center. But I also think a lot of folks aren't comfortable with that or just plain don't believe that and think, no, there are, diff- are real differences that lead de- toward different destinations and different religions. But I think even if you believe that, it could still be very healthy to allow your children to be exposed toward other religions, even if you're not necessarily hoping that they, or you're really hoping they don't jump onto one of those, Uh, but presenting it fairly and not from a place of fear, here's why they're wrong, but here's the things we can learn, even if that's not our tradition or the way we think God can best be accessed, it's still a uh, vital source of, of, of insight and wisdom for a large population of the human race. And in that right, even if we don't agree with it, it should be respected and learned from.
2: Well, two things. I'm not. I'm not worried about people being comfortable. You know, we're ministers. We're here to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. So, yep. if I make people uncomfortable, good for good for me. Um, and also, I, I I always say this: I don't care what path you choose if it leads you to a, dip- a, a deeper experience of God in your life. Go for it, and yep. and ultimately, God is beyond definition any religion that seeks to define here is god and here's how you have relationship with god half right because it you know god being all all that is 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 beyond what we can put into words and human understanding so as long as you're on something that's getting you there yeah you know
1: but what if what's getting them there is scientology Ah. Like what if what's getting them there is so just.
2: So here's, so here's, here's, here's my response to that. I
1: don't even know what the words are. (laughs) So,
2: so yes. So let's be clear. There's some crazy shit out there. Okay. I I ain't gonna lie to you. Now here's the thing though. I ultimately have to trust. I ultimately have to trust that once the person gets on a path that at some point, if that path really starts out crazy, that either at some point they're gonna wake up and go, "This is this is some nonsense," right. um, or you know, again, it deepens them. And Let's make the differentiation. <laughs> Brian just messes me. What about the path show on Hulu? Great show. Um, let's no, make, it's
1: not. It's terrible. Let's <laughs> make the delineation
2: be- between between a faith that seeks to explore the question of God and a cult.
1: Okay. Cults are different. Right. Scientology, conservative Mormonism. I was going to
0: say certain forms of Mormonism, right? Even though it's a large growing world religion, there's a lot of screwed up crap or Jehovah's Witnesses. Right.
1: Especially for our daughters, you know. Right. um, Conservative evangelicalism. Like all of these areas. Cult-wise. Yeah. Like I would have to, I would have to, I don't know. Like so
2: I, it's a it's a both and thing. Can you be is. a thief or a movement that will allow you to check boxes of equality? Allow you to check boxes sure. of and, you know all. And those that's
1: things. the hope, right? Is that, that is we, the hope, right? We teach our children these core principles of not just about who we believe God is, but who they are, who humanity right. is, their fellow that's people, right? So the chances of any um, eight, nine of our kids. <laughs> going out there and and being one of these very, very conservative or kind of crazy religions is small because we have such a healthy respect for humanity and for world religions and for other views of God. And
0: for ourselves.
1: And for ourselves. Please right? we be have,
0: self-respecting.
1: Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, and I was thinking before I got to kind of, oh God, what about Scientology kind of thing? Like yeah. I was thinking, I, you know, I think a lot about... um you know, my children are kind of being raised in these two minister house, like they're they double PKs, right? What, what if they choose to become ministers, you know, and, and I'm you gotta, not, you got to
2: steer them away from that at all well, costs. Come on.
1: But genuinely, <laughs> like we talk about this of like, that's a real prospect and yet, and I can probably, the four it would be, but like, I don't know how I would feel about that. Obviously that is a call, and I yeah. respect that and I appreciate that. But this is a life that is difficult and hard. And and if I'm really honest with myself today, this is not going to be true forever, but today, I would rather them not go to church than become a minister right now. Like, what? Whoa. That is where I am. Whoa.
2: What? We got okay. that yeah. on tape. We got that on tape.
1: You, you do have that um, on tape. And again, I, I reserve all rights to change my mind in the future. <laughs> yeah,
2: let's, let's edit that part out.
1: <laughs> no, I'm fine. Like, because that's part, but right. that's part of the exploration of faith. I need to true. go there and to say, these are my true feelings. What does that say about my profession? What does that so, say about what I'm saying to my children, et cetera, et cetera, et
2: cetera? I would, I would, I'd agree with you to a point. Yes, I would definitely try to steer my child away from. <laughs> this profession because you're right it is it is difficult takes a lot out of you but at the same point in time it is the most fulfilling thing i've ever done with my life and i feel that sense of fulfillment i feel that sense of the work and the challenge and the difficulties being worthwhile i i don't i don't say to myself oh my god this is so much work why am i doing this this is crazy, you know, I feel the fulfillment. So I would rather her be in something that makes her feel a hundred percent fulfilled, even if it really is crazy, hard silly work than you know doing some easy job and she feels this emptiness in her life. and and we had an interesting conversation a couple a uh, couple weeks ago as she's doing college applications and she had to fill in what religion are you?" And my child checked the box atheist. And I said,
1: really? <laughs> <laughs> really you that's, are huh that's interesting.
2: <laughs> interesting wow why would you why would you choose that and and her response is well unity isn't there unity isn't listed as something i could choose from i said I, right i understand that but you do understand what atheist means that you are you're saying that you do not believe in the existence or the concept of god in any way shape or form There's gotta
1: are be you, other box are right
2: you, Right. I said, Are you there? She goes, Well, no, not really. I said, Well, what other choices do you have? Right. We got, to, we got to other. It's like, How about other? How about, other? How about Eastern Orthodox? Anything. Right. <laughs> Let's go with that for, for a choice. I will. And she I know. Was
1: I, like, I, and she well, was
2: like, You know, it will be interesting if I leave atheism because I just listened to my parent as clergy. So, yeah, well, that Well. And well. I said to her, Listen, if I, if at some point in your life you want to be atheist, I'm going to support you. Go for it. Right. Right. You know, but she, again, also a double preacher's kid, but, but in, but because we are unity ministers, I think she also grew up with this idea of exploring all phase of looking in all phase. And also she was on, on uh, a ear witness to, the very cynical frustrations about church and religion that her parents would unload on her. Yep. So she's pretty clear. She does not want to do this for a profession. And I'm like, good right. for you. And I, and I said that at one point in my life too. And look at me now. Right. And here now. I am.
1: So, right. Well, and I, and I just want to, you know, one last word, like I, I will genuinely, I will support my kids in the best way I can, you know, to my ability and whatever. Not only they decide, um, but whatever is chosen also with them and for them and through that process. But um, you know, I I look at the youngish, right, like fifty and under people that are coming into the church. If we get any new visitors or whatever that are those ages,
0: please include me in
2: the youngish demographic. Yes,
1: see, fifty and under. It used to be forty and under. Now it's fifty yeah, and under. Thank you. Forties and uh, new
2: fifty. I mean, fifties and new forty.
1: Sure, right. whatever. <laughs> and uh, but they're. Nine times out of 10, at least in my church, there are PKs. There are PKs that are coming back to church Wow! because they are missing that. You know, we talk about going, you know, when I go to an Episcopal church, I miss the liturgy of the Presbyterian church. Like even though we don't have a strict same, same liturgy, you know, there's a difference. And, and I think that as I get older, some of that kind of wanting that old familiar, et cetera, et cetera, comes back For sure, actually. So it's so it's interesting. So even that's where I'm like, if my kids don't go to church for 20 years, they might, they might not, but they will at least have understood and hold the value that it had to me. And you know what, until they leave my roof, I'm their mom and you're going to church like that. Boom. And yes, I do have that kind of strictness. I oh, absolutely. yeah,
2: I I did. I did, too. Yeah. we have always said that to Joy. Go ahead. Going to church on Sunday, not an option. Anything else the church does, activity-wise, you can opt out. And we gave her that option as she got older. You can opt out. Yep. But yep. Sunday morning, yeah, not mm-hmm. um, an and option. And the only reason she doesn't go in now is because she's in a new dance program that meets on Sunday morning. So she's in mm-hmm. dance class on Sunday. And it's like, okay, here you are living your bliss and doing the thing you want right. to do professionally. I will give you a pass.
1: Right. And um, I'll just, one last thing to say about that is that's less about I'm forcing my kid to do something they don't want to do, which actually isn't true right now completely, right. but more of this is what we do as a family. These are what our priorities are as a family. Exactly. And, and I, that's just important to me to, to teach of those are family values, quote unquote, you know, yeah. as it is who God is and who people are.
2: So. so this is actually a good uh, segue to pass and pour because Ooh. as we were talking about, uh, you know, other faiths and beliefs, um, let me know if you want to find out more about this. Here's a headline, witches outnumber Presbyterians among millennials.
1: Yeah, I want to hear this.
2: We <laughs> pour it. We are pouring. So a survey by Trinity College, I mean, you know, the source discovered okay. proponents of paganism, witchcraft, and Wicca have risen by significant numbers, notably among millennials. In 1990, the number of self-identified Wiccans was 8,000. In 2008, the number exploded to more than 340,000. Wow. They haven't stopped growing. The Pew Research Center agrees. In 2014, it found that 0.4% of Americans, about 1.5 million, identify themselves as pagan or Wiccan. The healthy numbers are such that many believe the number of American witches could be greater than the number of mainline Presbyterians.
1: Okay. By the way, the number uh, of mainline PCOSA Presbyterians is like two point four million, so not quite yet. But.
2: But that was in that including men? So, so so again, that was, was in that twenty. Including
1: men.
0: That was in. in the 20, Wiccans
1: or the Presbyterians? Or the
0: Presbyterian? Was that a, was that a total?
2: But I'm bummed. Unlike the
1: 5,000 men of the feeding and women and children.
2: (laughs) I I think they're, one, um, extrapolating from the 2014 numbers and, again, with that little asterisk. of Well, listen, our our numbers
1: are only going down, so (laughs) if it's 2.4 million now, it may have been 2.45 million then, but nonetheless. The new phrase
0: is going to be not reproducing like rabbits, but like Wiccans.
1: Reproducing like Thank Wiccans, Lord,
0: having a lot. Well, now of you know
2: money. where. Now you God know where they're going. He they're, they're... found
1: that in his potty book too. <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: I hope he's making notes. Yeah. So now you know where where <laughs> where the people who are leaving mainline churches are going. They're going to paganism and and Wicca. It says. I want to like, know
1: what the criteria is
2: for. It's what? a very low bar to be a member of a, a Wiccan.
1: Right? Is this like? Do is you it, like to dress right in word. black? Like, did they do this? Did no, they no, no, this no, 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 how...
2: no, no. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think these are people who are actually either part of a, a I local don't know coven, I coven, but coven, or who are actively studying, studying the thing, not just people. But again, where when one says self-identifying, that could mean anything.
0: Not just okay, high schoolers I'm saying, studying... "Well, let's see on this form, uh, Wiccan sounds good." There you go.
1: I was going to say, like, I studied all the world religions. Does that make me all of those religions because I studied them? Like,
2: No. Well, no, it's about active participation. Yes. Um, okay, Trinity are...
1: College, a liberal arts college in Hartford, Connecticut.
2: Do what? What about it?
1: Like, that's where that study came out of? Okay. Like, why? Okay.
2: And, and I don't know why they're picking up Presbyterians either, but, you know, just...
1: Well, because we're... Closest to that number, I guess. I'm
2: I'm I'm just bringing you the news. All right, all right, moving Listen, on. I don't on. believe them. <laughs> well, I choose
1: wrong. not to believe.
2: You choose you a fake news. That she says out. She's calling it fake news. Um, last just, week we I want to know the...
1: where these 1.5 million wiccans <laughs> we... are.
2: <laughs> I touched a nerve.
1: <laughs> well, and like, why haven't they? Next week they come? we
2: haven't wiccan on the show.
1: Right, like I want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, me. keep going. <laughs>
2: uh last week we we'll talked pin about that for later <laughs> about about october as favorite months mm-hmm. yes. um do you want me to pass on pour on this headline five ways autumn can kill you i think you should pour that
1: i think you should does it have anything to do with pumpkin spice lattes i do it <laughs> no candy corn candy corn and black licorice <laughs> so
2: <laughs> so uh, black ric- licorice, a callback to the pre-show.
1: <laughs>
2: or was that the pre-pre-show? I think that I was the
1: pre-pre-show. Remember. I think we were not recording. <laughs> we were oh, for not all, all those who are curious, black licorice suck, and corn suck, and so does Brian.
2: I <laughs> 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 righty. Uh, so, really hard on Brian
1: today. Brian, we, I apologize. And yet I don't, because you deserve it.
2: <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> all right. So we're three weeks into fall, and apparently it's a miracle you even here to talk about it. Someone put together a list of ways um, can kill you. One, sun glare.
1: Because we I, stop wearing our sunglasses? No.
2: As the days get shorter, the sun is more likely to be right in your eyes during peak commute times in the fall.
1: And we forgot our sunglasses? Sure. Why not? Okay. I'm confused hey, by that
2: one. Listen, that glare, man. Sometimes sunglasses don't help you.
1: You know, I forget my sunglasses in the winter, in the snow, and it's like, Wah.
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Number two, wet leaves on the ground.
1: The mold kills me,
2: yeah. There's the mold, but they also get very slippery, oh, slippery. cause falls Slippin and
1: See, balls. why is it a banana peel? It should be wet autumn leaves.
2: Just saying. Number three, If you have a slip and fall, better call Saul. Better. No. They're not a sponsor of this show. I wish they would be, but they're not. <laughs> Number three, dare. Over one and a half million Americans hit deer with their cars each year, and almost dare. half deer like the deer. animal with the
1: i was thinking like dare like nancy reagan's drug i thought he said dare i thought he did too like do people do more dares on halloween or i know.
0: i dare you to go i
1: that dare you to, to that
2: that be that.
1: overly autumnal
2: that might be on the longer <laughs> list <laughs> all right deer I think Shannon's in her second beer. I deer, am on my second beer. <laughs> deer. I don't have anything
1: o- else today. Over <laughs>
2: one and a half million Americans hit deer with their cars every year. And almost half of these happen in October, November, and December.
1: Yeah. Hmm. My husband hit one a couple years ago on Thanksgiving Day.
2: There you go. Okay. Number four, fireplaces. They're involved in about 23,000 house fires every year. And most of these happen in the fall. It's fall, you fire up the fireplace. You don't get that, you don't put that, That what do you call it, for the gate around? Are there are more
1: load? fire hazard things in the fall than there are in the winter.
2: Um, well, because I you're, don't You're know. not ready for the season yet.
1: Uh, do you put, like, wet leaves on it? Like you
2: get, you, Well, you're careless, and there's still a lot of combustible stuff well, out it's in the, like the fall. first as snow,
1: right? And people right. drive worse on the first snow, right? Like exactly. the first fire you put in, you didn't clean your Right,
2: chair. exactly. You
1: set the thing on fire. Okay, exactly. I got it. All right. I got and it. number five,
2: know. burning candles. There's always an uptick in candle-related fires started in October. The bedroom, living room, and bathroom are the top three danger zones. And one-fifth of fatalities involve someone falling asleep with a candle burning. I've done that. There yeah, I have too. So, there you go. Y'all want to, y'all wanna like, revise your, your glowing praise of October from last week's show? No, nope. I'm good. <laughs> y'all are a mess
1: i still think it has more to do with this slow killing like fat content and sugar content of pumpkin spice lattes but nonetheless still <laughs> oh
0: some of us and, never drink those and here's they're our so last good one.
1: though brian they're so good Are i'm a is. white lady it's like in the contract it's in the white lady contract that i it like is. pumpkin spice lattes it, it, it is it, it is. is and again i, I
2: remind people <laughs> pumpkins don't have a flavor it's not about the pumpkin yes
1: they do oh. Oh, no, they,
2: Okay, let me rephrase I, that. I'm let fighting
1: me, you on this. They okay, are not let me, Skittles.
2: Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase <laughs> that. The, the, the pumpkin spice flavor love that you have in is your is not
1: pumpkin. Is that not I know.
2: Pumpkin. Yes. I thought that. Said they're not Skittles.
1: <sighs> they're not Skittles.
2: I think but, that was another pre show or pre pre show throwback.
1: Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Friends. And f- you and must finally, like us a whole lot if you're still listening. You, you
2: all may have heard <laughs> about this. Um, this is not the actual headline, but I'm going to ask it. Uh, where do we draw the line on emotional support animals? And so, the actual uh, headline is: Woman with emotional support squirrel removed from plane.
0: I heard
1: okay. it. Okay. So I feel like that's enough. I don't need to pour that yeah, one. I, I will right. say that I've already had multiple people ask me if they could be my support animal on my trip to Greece. Ooh, so oh. I do draw the line at a person being a support animal. <laughs> yeah, that is where yeah. I do know I draw the line. Also squirrels. Squirrels, I draw the line. Yeah. Any yeah. Really any rodent or reptile. I'm sorry.
2: Even like, if it's-, it's these mother effing snakes off this mother effing plane.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Or a turtle. Like you don't need a turtle
2: yeah <laughs> oh no turtles are nice they're calm they're cool they just keep it together yeah I, I will Listen, go to sea
1: turtles. turtles are my like my favorite animal ever but still right. nonetheless
2: that that is all i have for passing and poor today so uh be careful as you go out this autumn and stay alive and watch out for the unknown
1: i think you should stay alive
2: there watch
1: you. out for the dares
2: and if you know any wiccans let us know let us know watch out for the dears. If you've any Wiccans, let us know. We'd love to have a Wiccan on the show.
1: I would love to have a Wiccan on the show. I would love, I mean, I, and, and genuinely, like, I don't want to make fun of you. I want to hear about this.
2: And honestly, out of the three of us, I think I'd probably find a Wiccan in my church first, then, you all know, churches, because. Yeah, for sure. I'll ask around. I'm sure, sure there's somebody who practices or is involved in Wicca.
1: That'd be a great Halloween episode.
2: There you go. I all work. right. I, I will see what I can do. On it. Boom.
0: Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pup Theology Live. You can connect and spread the word on social media. You can listen anytime, of course, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. And we'd love to have you rate us there. That helps other folks find the show and expand our listenership. And if you want to watch... uh, the hijinks uh, that happen pre and post show. You may do that uh, on YouTube or the New Thought channel or on Instagram TV, IGTV. You can check us out there as well. And if you want to find or create a pub theology in your town, you can check out pubtheology.com for our national directory. That's a big map uh, where you can check out if there's one happening. And if there isn't, you can find some resources to start your own and don't forget our good friends on the vote common good tour you can check out where they're stopping at votecommongood.com so until next time friends drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing cheers I've
2: got to get that music working again <laughs> You're like so yeah derek
1: brought me a second beer i apologize <laughs> I'm drinking, a, I'm drinking a shiner Oktoberfest as my second beer.
0: I love shine. I love the shiner Bach.
1: Oh my gosh. it's you know, it's a super super hipster beer and it's really good. like they're not really good
2: finer beer. than a nice cold shiner. <laughs> Listen, I don't no no, no I will say this. the shiner Bach beer pre-existed the hipster movement, so I no not, no,
1: absolutely.
2: I'm not ready to hand it over to the hipsters yet.
1: All right. I Apparently, my good dog found another way to get out. Oh. No. Seriously.
2: On that note. All right. Okay. Aren't you glad your dog's not the size of a horse?
1: <laughs> if she went, it would be easier for her to stay in the backyard.
2: No, but. she would jump the house. What are you talking about?
1: Whatever. All right, <laughs> could, guys.
0: You could ride your hummingbird to go get her. There you go. <laughs> See you later. later. See you guys.